Welcome to Meaningful Journeys, a podcast about pilgrimage. I'm Dr. Heather Warfield, and I am passionate about connecting humanity through our shared quests for meaning. In this podcast, I'll be talking with pilgrims and pilgrimage scholars. I will have conversations with people impacted by both ancient and contemporary pilgrimage journeys, and we will also hear from people who live at these sacred sites. This program is supported in part by Antioch University New England and the Meaningful Life Institute. In this episode of Meaningful Journeys, I'll be talking about pilgrimage studies during COVID-19 from a psychological perspective. This is part of a panel presentation that was given at a virtual symposium uh, this week at the College of William and Mary. And I was joined uh, for the panel part of the presentation by Drs. Daniel Olson and Michael D. Giovine. Hello, I'm Heather Warfield. I am very happy to be joining in this virtual symposium to talk about pilgrimage and pilgrimage studies and how the study of pilgrimage has changed during the pandemic. I'll be offering a psychological perspective on the topic and we'll be joined in a bigger panel uh, conversation with Daniel Olson, who will be talking about a, a geography perspective and Michael DiGiovine, who will be talking about an anthropology perspective on the topic. We'll all be sharing about how the pandemic has changed, how we research, what we research, what opportunities we have encountered as a result of the pandemic and offer thoughts about how we may be moving forward and how the, 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 the study of pilgrimage may be changing post-pandemic. I think it's helpful to give a bit of background uh, on what a psychological lens on pilgrimage studies looks like. Certainly the human dimension has been explored while may, maybe it hasn't been explicitly explored, it has certainly been talked about uh, within religious studies and religious accounts and autobiographical accounts of pilgrimage throughout history. And anthropology has done a very nice job as well. Scholars within, in the, in, within anthropology have talked about uh, the kind of inner, inner workings of the, the pilgrim in, in uh, much of the literature. So while we may not have seen sort of a, an overt psychological perspective on the topic, it has certainly been implied uh, within, uh, within many scholars work throughout uh, history, especially within the past 25 to 30 years. So a psychological perspective can be either theoretical or applied. And when I talk about applied, which I'm going to, to get into a little bit more here in a few minutes, I'm talking about the sort of the, the, the clinical approach or a, a therapeutic approach to the study of pilgrimage. I, in a former before I was an academic, was a marriage and family therapist. And so a lot of my work uh, has been influenced by what I have seen with, with uh, people that I have been engaged in, in, in counseling with. 
and how I have, have seen the importance of moving the therapeutic uh, 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 dimension outside of the counseling office or the therapy office to also include um, natural uh, sort of natural therapy and that which, which happens in the natural world and pilgrimage can fall within that. Uh, so psychology is, is sort of the study of the psyche, or it is the study of the psyche. So we're focused on the human dimension of the pilgrimage experience as it pertains to pilgrimage studies and what happens inside the pilgrim that leads to, to, to the pilgrimage to begin with. So why does the pilgrim go on a pilgrimage, uh, and, and we, we know that people go on pilgrimages for all kinds of reasons that include <clears throat> religious observances, family reasons, and typically some type of quest for meaning uh, it, it is one of the main motivating factors. We're also interested in a, in a psychological uh, paradigm and looking at the expectations for what the pilgrim uh, is wanting out of the journey, uh, whether this is some type of forgiveness or, or closure or healing. And that is also tied quite closely to the motivation for the journey. The, the topic of meaning making um, is one that is really interesting for me. And it's sort of what I would say underpins the majority of my research is looking at the meaning that pilgrims bring to the pilgrimage experience that oftentimes starts decades before uh, a pilgrimage even happens. The meaning that's made while they're on the pilgrimage and then the meaning that is made once the pilgrim returns and is reflecting back on the experience and forming some type of cohesive narrative around the experience. So in many ways, the study uh, of pilgrimage from a psychological perspective has not necessarily changed much because of the, the, the pandemic in terms of how we research pilgrimage, but so many people are not, not going on pilgrimages right now, so we are shifting to have conversations in a different way. The meaning making is, is very congruent with a phenomenological methodology, which is primarily the, the research paradigm that I utilize when I am looking at, at the pilgrim experiences. I'm very interested on the live, about the lived experiences of the pilgrims, the sensory experiences that, that happen, what they they see and touch and hear and taste and smell, and then also the meaning that is assigned or constructed around these sensory experiences. Uh, phenomenological researchers use the words of the pilgrims to extrapolate themes that represent experiences across a group of pilgrims. So one example of that is I have have interviewed using semi-structured interviews, dozens, I've interviewed dozens of pilgrims and have been able to construct or extrapolate a theme um, uh, uh, of connection. A connection is sort of an overarching theme that 
all pilgrims talk about, regardless of the specific journey or the specific site or the specific time of, uh, of the pilgrimage, they talk about the importance of connecting or the sense of connecting to other people, other pilgrims, people, local people who may for a meal or, or, or bring water. So there's a connection to both the local people at the pilgrimage site or along the pilgrimage route and also to other pilgrims themselves. They also report uh, uh, a sense of connection with a higher power or God or divine presence or sort of this existential greatness, a kind of an awe-inspiring um, sense and, and also a connection uh, within the self. And, and I delve a bit more deeply into this uh, in a book that I co-edited with, with a former student, Kate Hetherington, we explore the notion of pilgrimage being uh, a, an act of integration, an integrative experience that, that brings fractured parts of our lives or our identity or our history, and, and they become integrated during the pilgrimage itself. I think it's also important to note that phenomenological research is, is inherently bi-directional, meaning that I bring to the research the, the lens of a pilgrim myself, and I am informed by, by the, the, the pilgrims that I interview and I talk to and I share with. And so this is, it's quite symbiotic, where I am also offering the pilgrims an, an opportunity to form a cohesive narrative and, and create meaning as they're sharing about the, the pilgrimage experience. So as I mentioned previously, I, I work in a graduate program in clinical mental health counseling. And I would be remiss uh, if I did not mention this as it specifically pertains to how, how research has changed and teaching has changed during the pandemic. I've written uh, about pilgrimage being a holistic endeavor in which uh, it, that's a biological or physiological, psychological or mental, social and spiritual endeavor. Um, so I just talked about the integrative experience, but we also use the term holistic um, in, in, in psychology and talking about how all of our, our whole selves are involved in some type of experience. And that is certainly the case um, for pilgrims who are on a pilgrimage journey. So in also kind of taking this a step further in looking at how the pandemic has impacted mental health, I, I don't think we can separate actually what pilgrims are going to be bringing to the pilgrimage journeys after we're, we're through this pandemic or as we are easing out of the pandemic. The, our, our, our Mental health, the mental health toll across the globe has been quite significant. And I think the, the, we're seeing an increase in anxiety and depression and isolation. The, the emergence of work-life balance issues where we're working from home, many of us, where we have children at home who are going to school at home, they're in remote learning. And so a lot is happening in, in a space that, did, that used to be more compartmentalized. And so that is... Uh, bringing very challenging issues for, for many people. There have also been a number of relational changes. 
with how we interact with our families and our partners and our and our our coworkers, how we interact with our maybe our religious communities or other civic communities, and so those relational changes uh, are probably going to be prompting uh, people being motivated to go on pilgrimages for different reasons or maybe more. Uh, uh, severe reasons um, than before. Many times people are go, go on pilgrimages at times of transition in their lives, uh, in an end of a relationship, end of a career, pondering retirement, trying to figure out at the as a young adult, what career to pursue or going, maybe transitioning from being an undergraduate to a graduate student. And so these times of transition are important. And I think we're going to see this transition back into a post-pandemic world as being the impetus for many pilgrims. Also, people are experiencing economic pressure, which no doubt is going to influence pilgrimages uh, in the next few years in terms of how people travel and where they travel and why they travel to specific sites. So while I have not been actively engaged uh, at the same level in, in research with pilgrims because of the pandemic, uh, I have been having a lot of conversations in other ways through my podcast, through informal conversations, through friends. Uh, I, I'm constantly talking to pilgrims about the impact of COVID-19 on them, which I think is important to note because uh, we've been talking about a phenomenological approach to pilgrimage. And, and so it's important to hear from the pilgrims themselves, even within this presentation. So for people who I have labeled here as veteran pilgrims, many people are experiencing a withdrawal from pilgrimage. There is a, a very real sense of loss and grief uh, a longing for the experience to return, a longing to hit the trail again, a longing to get back to, to uh, another part of the world or, or to be reconnected with pilgrims or to get in those hiking boots again. So there's a, a real sense of loss around uh, the, the, the fact that people cannot go on pilgrimages um, in, in the same way they did before the pandemic. And we'll talk about how that, that may look now. Um, there is a, a deeper connection, I think. I'm hearing about uh, pilgrims are connecting in a deeper way with other pilgrims through, uh, through Zoom sessions that are focused on pilgrimage, uh, through social media sites, through other types of group chats on WhatsApp that, are, that kind of keep the, the pilgrim spirit alive during this time where, where we are more isolated. People are also seeking local pilgrimage experiences in new ways. And I, I'll talk about this in a few minutes in terms of the opportunity. I am certainly learning about more local pilgrimages that I did not even know existed before the pandemic. And just being in this kind of isolation or if we're looking at it in terms of opportunity and incubation period, I have learned so much more about sites that are that are in my vicinity. I think we've also uh, heard a lot about people using uh, pilgrimage as a metaphor for creating meaning about the pandemic and this journey that we're on and sort of being in a liminal space of being neither here nor there. And so the, the terminology, I think, is important in creating meaning. So we can take the 
the pilgrimage concepts uh, of liminality and communitas and sort of apply them in, in this pandemic uh, state of affairs. And, and this helps to create meaning around our experience uh, over the past year. It certainly it, we see, and, and a lot of people are probably discussing um, in, in their presentations, this engagement in virtual pilgrimages. I see them cropping up all of the time from, from local churches uh, doing some type of uh, virtual pilgrimage to people photo sharing about the Camino and uh, engaging in a virtual, uh, uh, sorry, a virtual pilgrimage that way. And I think we're going to see more of this. I actually think that we are reconsidering what it means to travel and what it means to, to engage with sites and how can we engage with sites. And I think this is actually maybe going to present an, an interesting new wave of, of, of virtual pilgrimages and also kind of bringing up some of the ethical issues around how we see sites, uh, how we engage as pilgrims in, in a virtual way. And is it the same as when we're actually there? And what does that mean? And how does that change our gaze uh, while we are on a pilgrimage journey, uh, but in a virtual space? For people who are new pilgrims who were planning in a, a pilgrimage experience, uh, you know, in later 20, uh, 2020 and were unable to go on the pilgrimage, I hear a lot of prolonged anticipation where uh, it feels like the pilgrimage is time is never going to get here. And, and then also coupled with considerations about whether pilgrimages are es essential and, and does that count as essential travel and how soon should we travel uh, after, after this pandemic time. There's also a heightened focus on the preparation as engagement with the pilgrimage. I've noted this in a few publications, uh, the, the, this importance on the preparation piece. People who, who are going on a pilgrimage often start to, to engage that pilgrimage experience from the time they make the decision to go on the pilgrimage. And then in the preparation, uh, the, the pilgrimage has already begun. And I think for people who are planning or were planning a pilgrimage during the pandemic and are unable to go, the preparation is taking on new meaning. So it's giving people uh, a chance to maybe walk more than they would have before or engage with other pilgrims or research forums online uh, uh, about the local sites or people or ways to get involved uh, in a in a community sense in a way that maybe is is different than before the pandemic. I think, as I mentioned before, there are new motivations for the pilgrimage period. Uh, the the relational transition that many people are experiencing, work transition, I think these will inform future pilgrimages. So I, I anticipate when I start interviewing people again from a, from a, in, in, in future research studies, they're going to talk about the pandemic as being a motivation for pilgrimage. I would anticipate that every single person um, that, that is interviewed, and probably many of you will find the same <clears throat> over the next few years, are going to talk about this experience of being isolated and during during the pandemic and how that has influenced them to to go on a pilgrimage
I think it's also important as we're talking about pilgrimage studies to talk about the impact on our teaching and what that looks like, because for many of us, uh, probably most of us, our teaching looks very different. And uh, many of us are teaching online for the first time, or we're teaching online in a different way for prolonged periods of time. Uh, I think we are <clears throat> all interacting with students <clears throat> in a different way and probably providing much more support and, and even mental health support that is different and, and more intense than it was before the pandemic. Students' lives, uh, like many of our lives, are, are very impacted right now, and so they're, they're managing a lot. We also are seeing a loss of privacy, where we are, um, because of the online environment, we are now uh, viewing students in, in their home environments or in, a, in an environment where they are projecting on video. And so that can feel very intrusive in the same way that students are seeing into our lives more than they, than they may have before. So it's adding a different dimension to, this, to, the, to the interaction and the learning environment, which I think is important to note. Um, I work in a pre-licensure program. So the students who graduate from the program uh, where I, that I teach in, um, are going to become uh, professional counselors or clinical mental health counselors. And so we have a responsibility to ensure that the public is protected um, and that students are being trained in a way that is going to, uh, to, to, to lead to ethical and professional practice. And so many of the, the activities um, and assignments and uh, clinical supervision of students' clinical work is happening online, and so that's very different where we have uh, fewer opportunities to do in-person clinical supervision and seeing the, the skill development um, and the professional development of the students, and so that, is, uh, that has changed uh, because of the pandemic. And I, you know, maybe that will, that will have uh, long-ranging changes. I, I don't know what those are going to be yet. <clears throat> I think for those of us who are teaching in a higher education setting, we're seeing changes uh, to higher education that I'm not sure we fully understand what, what they mean. And so this is probably something over the next five years, 10 years, uh, or even longer that we're going to be looking at how higher education is changing and how programs are changing and how departments are changing and schools are changing. And so I think that there's a lot of unknown that we're all experiencing right now. And, and it's important to note because it does impact how we view pilgrimage and how we study pilgrimage and how we engage with pilgrims. So I have had a number of opportunities uh, that have resulted from COVID-19 that would not have been there, I think, be, uh, had, had the pandemic not happened. As I mentioned earlier, I have new knowledge about U.S. pilgrimages. So, so many pilgrimages uh, are, 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 are here in the United States. And I think that uh, very often we think about pilgrimages happening in another place, somewhere else beyond our borders. 
I've learned about the pilgrim pathways along the Underground Railroad uh, that, that exist, which are significant opportunities to engage with our, our history in the United States. I recently learned about the Wisconsin way uh, that it, that is uh, a pathway and maybe someone here is gonna be talking about that. Um, and so there are a number of places in the United States that are pilgrimage routes or pilgrimage sites that I did not know of before uh, COVID, but just in, in, in kind of having uh, my attention turned in a different way, I've learned about those during the pandemic. I've also have a greater awareness of the importance of sacred natural sites, mountains, bodies of water, uh, trees, rocks. Uh, these types of, of sites are, are important and certainly have been historically very important and significant to indigenous people around the globe. And I think the pandemic and the way we are uh, re-entering uh, nature and being intentional about engaging with the natural world world i'm seeing uh just how important these sacred natural sites are as well i am involved in several new projects which would not have happened uh i i think i don't think they would have happened actually without uh without the pandemic and so i'm looking forward to new and different types of research um, over the next year to do, year to uh, two years, um, new academic partnerships with people who are interested in pilgrimage studies, but maybe have not really engaged with the study of pilgrimage before. And so these are exciting conversations that are happening, which I would not have necessarily encountered or maybe been aware of had the pandemic not happened. And, and uh, I, uh, I host a podcast called Meaningful Journeys, and I and so this has been a fantastic opportunity to talk to people who are studying pilgrimage, to talk to pilgrims. Uh, it's uh, slowly developing, and it has been a real source of inspiration for me during the pandemic. And uh, I'll leave you with the last opportunity that has emerged for me with this cute little uh, fuzzy chicken. Um, my my. Uh, one of my daughters was very interested in raising chickens. And so I am a new amateur uh, chicken farmer uh, that I think, as I understand, this sort of exploded all over the United States where people are raising chickens and building chicken coops. And when we were building ours, we could not find the building materials because they were out. Uh, so this is uh, a, a really... Uh, uh, interesting <laughs> new development for me. And I just love these little chickens. They are so, so adorable. So with that, uh, I'll, I'll leave you. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm really looking forward to the panel discussion and to talking more with Michael and Daniel about this, as well as the rest of you who are at the symposium. You just heard Pilgrimage Studies During COVID-19, A Psychological Perspective hosted by Dr. Heather Warfield and produced by Jonah Bayer. Copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Thank you for listening to Meaningful Journeys. This program is supported in part by Antioch University, New England and the Meaningful Life Institute. We would love to connect with you on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter and Facebook, or by email 
info at MeaningfulJourneys.net or our website, www.MeaningfulJourneys.net. We hope you will join us next time on our shared quest for meaning as we connect humanity one step at a time.